The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes and thedealwithyield.com. Welcome to The Deal with Yield with our host, Joel Whipperforth, Director of Ag Technology for Winfield United, and John Zook, Agronomist for Winfield United. Joel, can you tell us about South by Southwest and why it's a great place to talk with consumers about food and agriculture? You know, South by Southwest, I had originally heard of the event because it was a little bit more of a music festival. It was uh, kind of more cultural in nature. But in the last couple of years, it's really picked up on technology. And one of the things that my Lyft driver, which is like an Uber driver, but Lyft, the Lyft driver said, it's kind of where America's tomorrow is being formed. And so this year, uh, Land Lakes, as a company, did an activation or basically rented out a, a hall down there and hosted a place where people could come in and engage in a conversation about agriculture. Regular consumers, millennials, you know, all generations could come through and ask any question they want to the ag professionals, the farmers, the people in the food industry that were down there. I'm sure you really got some interesting questions from those at South by Southwest. Yeah, and so one of the things that we tried to do is we tried to put some of the conflict questions more forward and say, you know, what is a GMO? We tried to handle DNA editing in our story. We tried to talk about agriculture's role in carbon sequestration. There was actually a vehicle there that was uh, cut in half, and then it was like it was sinking into a quicksand swamp, saying how you know carbon sequestration is actually a core competence of agriculture. And a lot of people were amazed at the impact that ag could make on sequestering greenhouse gases like CO2. And so, you know, what was interesting is we, a lot of times on social media, we'll see consumers engaged or people engaged in a message that's maybe anti-GMO or questioning GMO. A lot of the people that came in hadn't formed their opinion yet. They were ready to come in and say, well, tell me about science. Because I Googled biotechnology and I saw a picture of a scientist helping people feed the world. But when I Googled GMO, there was 10 pages of ways that you will die. And so, you know, it was just this contrast where people were coming in with unformed opinions about where food came from. And so when you look at the type of questions, were they more about modern agriculture versus the way farmers used to farm? Yeah, so I think the image of consumers about farming is still what I would call red barn farming or red barn agriculture, where they assume that there's somebody out there with a pitchfork and overalls. And we had an opportunity to, to showcase some satellite imagery that we were using, some of the DNA work that's DNA sequencing that's done. There is actually a 30 foot long mural being printed live that was an image of the earth from a satellite. And it begged the question to a lot of people that came in that said, well, you know, you guys use satellites? And yeah, we use autonomously driven equipment or equipment that that uses auto steer in it. And they just, they couldn't believe that in a lot of cases, the agricultural applications were actually ahead of some of the things in their car. So I think that those things were interesting. But what was really impactful, we had had over 8,000 people come through this area in a four-day time frame. And, you know, having over 8,000 people, one of the things that was interesting to me, you know, I'm on the production side of agriculture where, you know, soil science, corn plant growth and development, that's what I interface with a lot. But Land Lakes is a food company. And so one of the things they dealt with is food insecurity. And this is a story of 
people that financially, you know, when you look at your rent, you have to make the rent at the end of the month. That's a fixed thing that happens every 30 days. But you don't have to eat every day. And so one of the portions in the exhibit that you could go to is you could pick up a phone and there was a recording of a person who was experiencing food insecurity in their town because they didn't have access to affordable housing. Maybe they were on hard times and lost a job. And so one of the things that we did there is we donated over 6,000 meals to food banks for people coming in and listening to the story of the problems with food. And we were very forward about, we don't have it all figured out. We had on a very diverse group of panelists. We had some dairy farmers on that were member dairies of Land O'Lakes. One of those dairies is uh, Fair Oaks Farms, and they have a couple of commercial dairies that sell grade A milk, and then they have one dairy that actually produces organic milk. And she had an open dialogue about that. We had a University of California Davis professor on. She's a plant geneticist and her husband's an organic farmer. And she had just some of the most interesting perspectives that, you know, how could those two people live in the same household together when agriculture tends to try to pit itself against other divisions and and lift themselves up over somebody else's side of agriculture being better. And the food effect was really a place that we talked about. All farming is good farming, and agriculture is a place that is in earnest uh, trying to feed a growing population. And the thing that we heard back from consumers is they just want to know where the story of food comes from. Why is Lando Lakes pushing to have more honest and open conversations with consumers and farmers? Well, certainly consumers are voting with their pocketbooks. Whether they have additional discretionary income that they can choose to spend on food that is labeled a certain way, you know, what we want to make sure is that there's an honest labeling that's going on out there. When somebody is marketing a product that is nutritionally no different, produced no different, and has no consumer benefits, but is labeled differently, consumers get this right. And duping the consumers in some way, shape, or form has long-term impacts to somebody's brand. And we want to make sure that our brand is out there as Land O'Lakes as being open and honest about where food comes from and really being seen as an innovator. The average person that came through there spent about uh, 40 minutes in there. And over 82% of the people after visiting the food effect at uh, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, had a positive opinion about the brand that brings you a very diverse agricultural set from, you know, the most wholesome product on the face of the earth, butter, right? And all the way to food production from animal feed in our Purina brands. Uh, We work with the Purina brand, that's Atlanta Lakes Company, and then Winfield, the division that I'm a part of, which is selling crop inputs to growers producing crops. And to get back to holding people for 40 minutes, that is very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about the last farm show you went to. You maybe stopped at a booth for five, 10 minutes. People were in our booth for 40 minutes going through screens, talking with staff from Land Lakes about where food comes from, listening to a, a session from a panel. 40 minutes of anybody's time is really valuable. We couldn't have asked for a better time spent with them. Oh, that is fantastic. So, Joel, talking about the food effect, the building that Land Lakes got down by South by Southwest and put these demonstrations in, what were some of the questions from the consumers that were directed towards growers? I mean, we had people in that building talking to the growers and asking these questions. What were some of those questions that were coming, and how do you think they were anticipated by that consumer directed towards that grower? 
what I kind of heard out of it is consumers trust farmers. They inherently trust farmers. They don't always trust farming. And that was one of the distinctions, you know, as uh, corporate farming came up. And one of the dairy farmers from uh, Tulare, California, talked about, you know, hey, as a large farm, I'm not a corporate farm. It's owned by a family. My brothers and I are family, uh, but we are a large farm. And they said, actually, one of the benefits of a large farm in a food production sense is we have an opportunity to put in even more quality control measures that make sure that the food is safe to drink, or in his case, the milk is safe to drink from a food safety standpoint. So there were some questions on the size of farms, and it was kind of interesting. One of the consumers that was in there asked a question like, you know, when I'm driving down the interstate and I see miles and miles of corn, I assume that that's all owned by one mono corporate conglomerate food company. And, you know, the farmer was actually taken aback by it and kind of laughed a little bit and said, no, that's made up of 500 different farmers as you're driving down the interstate that all either own the land or have a connection to the land or rent the land. It's not owned by one corporate agribusiness consortium. And so going back to your comment, too, about the farmer and the bib overalls and the pitchfork, I think we we kind of always feel like we're associated, the farming public always feels like we're associated with being, say, that old school mentality. What were some of the things that were happening at the Food Effect that allowed people to understand maybe how farmers are really educated now and how they maybe operate those businesses and how it takes a large business to feed the families that are working within that operation? Operation. Yeah, so certainly we had on a series of professional farmers. There was uh, Jim Hedges from Illinois who runs a row crop business down there. And, you know, he talks about his profit and loss statements and how he really runs it like a business, not just on a cash basis, but running accruals on equipment. And he's really a business person running a farm. Sue McCleskey from Fair Oaks Farms talked about, you know, running a large commercial chicken, swine, a dairy operation, and they have a huge presence in being business people. You can't run an operation that's exposed to that much risk without being a good business person. These people maybe didn't hadn't even seen a farmer. They don't know a farmer, and so half of it was you know almost just seeing that these farmers dressed in clothes that look like you and I. I mean, you know, they wear blue jeans. One of them wore a suit jacket. And to have a company such as Lando Lakes advocating on behalf of farmers. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, we actually had some really good partnerships in this. Uh, National Geographic helped us out to help tell the story. And National Geographic, I mean, they are one of the best storytelling entities in the world, telling, you know, all sorts of uh, stories about ecosystems and biodiversity. And obviously, uh, where you might recognize them from the National Geographic channel. But we actually co-developed a website together called thefoodeffect.com. And you can kind of go there to learn more about what we were doing to engage with consumers in this conversation. Again, one of the biggest impacts that it had on me personally was to recognize, you know, the the food insecurity that goes on out there. You know, as a farmer, we're producing a lot of food. I mean, three do- corn with a three in front of it says who could be hungry possibly at this time. But there are some challenges to be met on understanding how that food gets all the way to the consumers who might be on hard times or might be not having enough income to make the rent, and they give up food for that. So I think that's always one of the things that, as a farmer, you go, hey, well, geez, 
you know, if they're hungry, why don't they pay more than $3 for corn? And sometimes it's just about their ability to keep a roof over their head and feed themselves. And they choose their house first because they have to have some place to live. And so the food insecurity, we have to be able to navigate a number of different society's factors to get people the food that we're producing. We have a question from the audience. Olivia from Ohio asks, what do you feel is the best way to connect consumer to farmer? Well, I think there's an opportunity to do it from a social media standpoint that prior wasn't available. You know, there's some number out there like 60% of people who are on Twitter aren't actively tweeting. They're just listening to conversations. And so you, you realize that the audience, you know, you may be one of those people listening to this. I don't know. I, I challenge you this spring to maybe put your name out there, put your brand out there personally, and try to connect them. Make yourself available and, and known as a farmer or an ag professional by utilizing language that they use. Just like maybe talking to your brother-in-law at uh, Christmas time. You have to use the words that they're using. Otherwise, they can't hear you. If you use CRISPR and gene editing and those things and the things that tie your language in, they aren't out there searching for those things. So, Joel, some of the ways that I get out and connect myself to the consumer, viewing myself as a farmer or an agronomist, is I go out and talk to people. So I put myself in maybe the position to get in front of an audience and tell them, hey, this is what we do in farming. This is how we're doing it. And I get a lot of good feedback and question there. But the honest truth is a lot of farmers don't want that interaction from consumers. And probably consumers don't want that all everybody wants that interaction from farmers. So I think social media provides that platform where you can have less of a touchy feely interaction and more of a, hey, just a bystander, bypass kind of form of interaction. And what can be taken away from that is I know I'm on social media. I put myself out there as an agronomist. And if anybody has a question, I would encourage them to ask me a question because we all want to tell our story. So I think farmers have the ability to tell their story that way on social media. Absolutely. And important to know the facts. If you get yourself in that situation, you have to know what you're talking about. You have to make sure you have the facts, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's okay to say you don't know. That's a good point. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperford, Director of Ag Technology for Winfield United, and John Zook, Agronomist for Winfield United. The Deal with Yield podcast is produced by Winfield United. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes and thedealwithyield.com. 